Everybody good? Everybody got a seat? Or chair, whichever you want to call it. That's good. Well, hey, listen, thanks for, thanks for hanging with us tonight. I know we started off, it's a little bit different, and we're going to do that in the next couple of weeks. We just we want to really prioritize getting into the Word, uh, studying it together, uh, and just seeing what is God saying to me in this. Because at the end of the day, if you have the best communicator in the world come up here on the stage, and I am certainly not that, uh, but if you do, and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, and you can't read the Bible for yourself and understand what God is saying and apply it in your life, then I feel like we're failing you. Uh, as a ministry, and so uh, that's what we're going to be doing here these next couple weeks. Let me ask you this question kind of out of the gate. How many of you would say scripture memorization is really an important thing we should do as Christ followers? Okay, how many of you would say you're really good at that? We're really good at memorizing uh, song lyrics or maybe sports stats or quotes from The Office or whatever your favorite show is, but I think sometimes we fall down on the job when it comes to hiding God's Word in our heart. And so that's why over the course of this four-week series, I want you to commit this verse to memory. This is Proverbs 4.23. It's our theme verse. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So I really do. I encourage you to take some time to memorize that verse. Uh, write it on a post-it note somewhere that you'll see it every day. Put it on an index card. Tape it to your steering wheel. Uh, those are things that I do. Uh, I'm not great at memorizing Scripture, but it's something I'm trying to grow in. And this verse I think is important because, and I'm going to teach you a little bit of Hebrew. This Hebrew word for heart is leb. Everybody say leb. Leb. So now you know some Hebrew. It doesn't actually mean the organ in your chest that pumps the blood. What it means is your inner being, your mind, your thoughts, your center of reason, or your emotions and will. All of that is caught up in that term heart. And so now when you read it in that light, you understand the internal components of who you are absolutely impact the external components. Like, you know what this is like. Maybe this has even been you today. If you are just a mess inside, like you're bitter and you're angry and you're frustrated and you're all these different things, it impacts how you interact with your family, your friends, boyfriend, girlfriend. It just, it absolutely impacts us. And so we've got to guard our hearts. And I'm afraid that a lot of us are just letting anything in there and we're not really keeping check on it. So You'll hear me talk about that a lot in the coming weeks. And we, we have a lot of feelings. We have a lot of things that can uh, run away with us. You've probably heard it said, if you don't control your feelings, your feelings will control you. And so we thought in this series, All the Feels, we could talk about some of those. If you've ever seen the seminal classic Mean Girls, uh, at the end of the movie, this person gets up and is saying, I just wish it could be like it was when we were in middle school, and I'd bake a cake and it'd be made of rainbows. And then the character very famously says... She doesn't even go here. This is just a random person who doesn't even go to their school, and she says, I just have a lot of feelings. Can anybody identify with that? You just have a lot of feelings? That's okay. That's okay. None of the, the guys are like, I, I have three feelings, hungry, tired, and mad. That's all I got. It's not true. It's not true. Guys, you have a lot of feelings as well. And we cope with our feelings in a lot of different ways. Uh, I got a couple of instances here. Sometimes we eat our feelings. Oh, okay, right here in the middle. I hear that, amen. Anybody ever eat your feelings? Okay. I didn't realize I used to do this, but I did when Julie and I were dating and we would get in a fight. I would go and get a dozen donuts and I would eat like 10 or 11 of them in one go. And it wasn't until I, I, my roommate was like, hey, dude, you know that's not normal. I was like, hey, 
mind your business. It's perfectly normal. Uh, but it was not. It was not a healthy thing. But but maybe you eat your feelings. Like that's a coping mechanism for you. And others of you, you just mush them down and hide them inside. Yeah, that's Peter. I asked Peter if it was okay to show this picture of him tonight. He said it was fine. So, and as much as you laugh, some of you, that's you right now. <laughs> you just, you hide your feelings and you don't process through them. And please understand this. I want what we do here together to be authentic. You don't have to come in the doors here and act like you have it all together, that you're the perfect Christian. We've got feelings, we've got things going on inside of us, and we want this to be a place where we can process through those things. And so over the next four weeks, tonight we'll talk about love. Next week we're going to talk about bitterness and brokenness, and I'm really excited. Uh, Mama Lynn is going to be coming and sharing on that from the stage. It'll be her first time ever sharing solo from the stage in our high school ministry. Okay, all right. Lynn, are you in here? Did you hear that? Okay, all right. They're pumped. They're pumped for you, Lynn. Uh, Then the next week, we'll talk about anxiety, and then the last week, we'll talk about depression. I've got Dr. Gene Beckner, who's the head of our care department. He's going to come in and talk about uh, depression. Guys, these are things that that all of us feel at different times, and so we need to talk about them. But tonight, we're talking about love, and so we're going to start with that. I want to ask, who feels like they know what love is? Show of hands. Yeah, there's there's a million songs. I've played them all here before. I thought about doing it again. Does anybody feel like you've ever been in love? Okay. Married people, I'm super thankful to see your hands go up. That's good. Me? Let me. Julie, if you're listening, and I know you are, you're a frequent downloader and listener to Crave High School Ministry Podcast, available wherever podcasts can be found. I I do love you. Um, So, I'm sorry, again, who, who has ever been in love or you currently are in love? Okay. Hands down. If you are here and you would like to be in love, anybody just want to... Okay, I, don't do the furtive kind of, in fact, if you are looking for love, would you stand to your feet right now? We always endeavor to make this a full service ministry. Take a look around. Some of y'all did that thing where you're like, who else is going to stand up? Let me see if I want to stand up. Hey, if we can help provide a full service ministry here for you, maybe, maybe one day your high school pastor will perform your wedding. I'm just saying it could happen. It could happen. And speaking of weddings, tonight, you've already heard it, we're going to be looking at what I think is probably the most common passage that you've ever heard at a wedding. In fact, if you've been to a wedding and not heard this passage, I, I would almost be a little bit surprised. Uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of jump back into it together. Let me read these first three verses to you. Paul writes and says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, if, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging symbol, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. We did this exercise earlier together of what, what is this saying? What does it mean? Guys, if you don't have love in your life, you have nothing. What stands out to me is in this middle piece, he says, if I could understand all of God's secret plans, that's something none of us can do. But hypothetically, if you understood everything about God, but you didn't love people, you're broke. If you don't have love in your life, you are missing something fundamental to to what it means to, to follow Christ. 
And so if you come in here, you're like, well, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm born again. Whatever language you want to put on it. But you don't love? I would challenge you, are you really, truly a Christ follower? I don't, I don't know that you can honestly say that you are. Now, let's, uh, let's jump into this part. This is the, the, the big piece that you, like I said, often hear at weddings. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. There are 15 individual markers of what love is in just these few short verses. You've got a box on the front of your handout tonight. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to jot down the two or three that stand out to you the most. Just take like 30 seconds. Like I said, there are 15 individual things there. Some of it is what love is. Some of it is what love is not. Take, like I said, 30 seconds. Jot down the two or three that stand out the most to you. I went through this exercise myself, so I'll share it. For me, when I look at these 15 things, when it says that love is not proud, I'm a man who struggles with pride. I often think I'm right, and I get real puffed up about it. But that's, that's not loving. That's a struggle for me. I, I struggle with pride. Bible says that pride goes before a fall, and so I want to, in my love relationships, particularly with my wife, but with anybody that I claim to love, I want to not do that. It says that it's not irritable. I think I'm pretty irritable, if I'm honest. I think I have a short fuse. I think I can be very harsh. So this, this passage has been super convicting for me these last couple of weeks as I've looked at it, but the one that, like, it's like a neon flashing sign right in the middle of this for me is, Love keeps no record of wrongs. Man, I, I'm real quick to hold on to what somebody's done to me. And maybe you've done this thing where like, oh, yeah, you're good, you're good, I forgive you, it's all good. And then the next time you have an argument with something, we're like, yeah, but you remember, bam, and you just dunk that thing right back in their face. You remember that? Well, you said you forgave me. Surprise, I didn't. I've been keeping a list of all the things you've been doing. And I'm not proud of this, but there have been times in in arguments with my wife, I'm like, well, yeah, but you did this and this and this and this and this. And it breaks my heart that my wife would feel like all I'm doing is just making a list in my head of all the things she does wrong. Because that's not love. And some of you, I just want to tell you, are keeping a list of people you claim to love, things they've done wrong. You're carrying around a grudge. You're carrying around some bitterness. And you've got to work through that. Because if you don't, it's going to wreck your life. More on that next week. From Lynn. But I think this, I think this passage is, is good. I think it helps us understand what love is and what it isn't. Now let me ask you this question. Do you believe in soulmates? Who says yes? You believe in soulmates? That's okay. Okay, hands down. Who says no? I don't believe in soulmates. Okay, okay, Peter. That's, all right, that's an interesting, uh, interesting take. 
I, I'm just going to, this is my opinion, okay? Everybody say, Kevin's opinion. This is my opinion. I don't think there's any such thing as a soulmate. I, I don't. I don't. You can. I'm not trying to ruin your vision of love, okay? I just, I, I don't think that. I think, I think you can probably be happy with a lot of different people. I do. Now, do I think God knows the plan for your life? Yes. Do I think he has seen all this stuff before it happens? Yes, of course. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you have that one person and you, you say, oh, I love them, and they break your heart, like, don't give up, okay? Have some hope. But also, lo- love is more than this warm, fuzzy feeling that you'll only ever have for one person. I, I just believe that. And there's a lot of different definitions you can put on love. But I want you to hear me. It's definitely more than this feeling because if you've ever had that like honeymoon phase, you first start dating somebody, they first start looking at you, they first start maybe giving you some little kisses, you're like, ooh, it's so good. And then life happens. Seriously, life happens. Ask, ask your group leaders what that's like. The, the, the honeymoon phase, it just wears off. Some of you are in relationships and, and you know. You thought that little quirky thing they did was so cute and endearing and now it drives you nuts and now and now you don't now you don't have those little warm fuzzy feelings anymore love is more than that i've heard love defined this way some people say it is to provide and protect for someone i've heard sacrifice and submit i mean you could put any any different kind of language you want on it i'm telling you i think love is a commitment and it's something you decide in advance so I'll show you this picture. This is from my wedding day. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. I did have hair. Yes, once upon a time. Um, I, I stood in front of a lot of people on that day and promised that I would love this woman forever. That was almost seven years ago. Let me tell you, she's not been perfect since. Neither have I. Love means I'm going to continue to commit to you day after day after day, even when things aren't perfect. That's what love is. And we base that on what we see about God because God loves you even when you're not perfect. It's a commitment day after day after day. So I want to ask you to consider three questions tonight. The first question is this. Do I love God? Jot that down. Do I love God? I know the easy church answer. Yeah, I love God, of course, yeah. But do you? What does it really mean to love God? Well, I'll show you this. This is known as the Shema. This was a very important, prominent passage to the Hebrew people. Uh, from the Old Testament. And this is, in fact, what Jesus quotes. When Jesus is asked what's the most important commandment, he quotes from the Shema. It would have been the Scripture. Everybody standing there would have known. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you say you love God, but the reality is you're giving Him the scraps and leftovers in your life. I ask about memorizing Scripture, and some of you can't even remember the last time you opened your Bible, much less memorized Scripture, much less centered your day around Christ. I'll tell you, for me, like that, that's a huge part of love is orienting yourself around somebody else. When I got married, I didn't fully grasp that 
me doing what I wanted to do, in some ways, that was done. I got married a little bit late. I was almost 28 years old. I had been on my own for 10 years. I did whatever I want, whenever I wanted. I came in however late. I was loud. I did my own thing. My wife goes to bed at like 8.45, y'all. I can't do that anymore. I have to orient myself around her. That's, that's, you know, you have to orient yourself around somebody's little idiosyncrasies, leaving shoes in a place that makes me trip and almost fall down the stairs, for example. I'm not saying that happened, but it did. Um, you know, there, there's, you have to learn to orient yourself around someone. That's love. And I'm telling you, if you say you love God, then you're going to shape your life around him and not expect him to necessarily do that for you. Can you honestly say you love God with all your heart? Again, there's that word again, leb, your entire inner being, who you are, you love God. All your soul, the very essence of who you are, every ounce of strength you have. My friend, if, if all you're doing is praying as you fall asleep at night and that's the only time you acknowledge God, you might need to check yourself. Do you really love God? It's a big deal. And I would challenge you on this too. Do you love God for who he is? Not just the stuff he does for you. Not just when he blesses you. Not just when everything is good. Because you know life's not always good. Sometimes really crappy things happen. Some of you are living in it right now. Do you love him just for who he is? I'll show you another picture. just want to have a lot of ooh moments tonight. These are my boys. That's Judah on the left, Joel on the right. This was on Valentine's Day. Um, I love these kids for who they are, not for what they provide for me. What do they provide for me? Sleepless nights, poopy diapers. Uh, Judah has a real knack for somehow smashing his skull into mine. I don't know how. Um, but I love them because of who they are. They're mine. They're not yours. They're no one else's. If I get home tonight and there's some other man in my house trying to parent my kids, I'm going to beat that man within an inch of his life. They're mine. They're mine. And I love them for who they are, not for what they provide for me. Do you love God for who he is, not just what he provides for you? Some of us need to really think about that. Second question I want you to consider is, do I love myself? Do I love myself? That seems like a weird question. Are, am I encouraging you to be selfish? Like, what's the deal? No, but Jesus said we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So, do you love yourself? Are you making space for some healthy self-care? And I know sometimes we pick on this language of, like, safe space and being triggered. It's like, man, people just need to toughen up. I, sure, I hear you, but also, like, are you taking time to take care of yourself? Some of us need to do some hard work of cleaning some stuff out. Some of us need to get some counseling. Some of us need to slow down. Some of us need to get some help and stop trying to do it all on your own. Caring for yourself is not a selfish thing. You need to see yourself the way that God does. Jot down these two verse references. They might make all the difference for you. Psalm 139, 14, David prays to God and says, Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. I think we have a really bad habit of trying to make ourselves David in all of his different stories. That's bad. But this is true of David, and it's true of you and of me. We are 
Fearfully and wonderfully made, another translation says. Wonderfully complex. Some of us need to remember that. And then James 1.18 says that He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word, and we, out of all of creation, became His prized possession. Not giraffes with their super cool long necks, not waterfalls, which are beautiful, not the cosmos. You are the thing that God prizes most. And you may say you love God, okay, but do you love yourself? Do you see yourself the way that He does? Don't sit there and convince yourself I'm talking to someone else. You know who you are. You're burning both ends of the night, working yourself to death. You've got so much stuff pent up inside of you you hadn't dealt with. You need to make some time for some self-care to actually love yourself. Because without loving yourself, I don't really think you can move into this last piece, which is, do I love others? Again, that's what Christ said. Love others as you love yourself. So do you really love other people? This is a big deal. Jesus said how we love other people is actually how we will be identified as his followers, not from a WWJD bracelet, not from attending church on Sundays or going on church trips. Loving others is a huge, huge deal. 1 John 4, 7 through 8, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want you to see this as well. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. This is Colossians 3, 14. Do you really love other people? Do you orient yourself around them? Do you love them in a way where you are patient and kind? You keep no record of wrongs. You rejoice when the truth wins out. You don't give up. All those markers from 1 Corinthians 13. Do you really love others or are you just paying lip service? And it's all interconnected. It is. And if some of you were asking me earlier, like, hey, when, like, when are we getting to like the Valentine's Day like romance, sex talk thing you do normally every year. This is kind of it. It's also kind of not it. But to truly love other people, I will tell you, means wanting what's best for them. And so in that sense, if you're dating someone, it means wanting what's best for them, which means honoring Christ, not just doing what you want to do. There's a lot of implications of that, and you know what I'm talking about. Loving someone means loving them as a person, not just for their parts. If I could just say that. And for anybody in the room who's struggling with pornography, I know Birch talked about that this morning. Pornography prioritizes parts over people. That's not healthy. It's not helpful. It will not serve you well in marriage one day. Pornography is not really loving others. Dishonoring someone's body is not truly loving them. It's not what's best for them. So I challenge you, spend some time wrestling with these questions this week. I'm going to invite Jacob and Ellie to come back up. They're going to close us out. Do you love God or do you just say you do? Do you love yourself or are you running yourself into the ground? Do you love others or do you just kind of act a little bit nice but you don't really ever put any love in action? I was talking with some of the guys earlier. There's an old DC Talk song. You can look it up if you want. It says, love is a verb. It's not just this feeling. Now, it is. We do feel it, but it's more than that. Love has to be put in action. 
I think Troy said that a while ago when we were talking. Do your actions show that you love God, love yourself, and love others? I'm going to pray. They're going to do a song. Respond however you need to respond. If you realize, Man, I, don't, I don't love God, talk to him. Talk to an adult. If you realize there's some broken relationships you need to deal with in a loving way because the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins, do that. And then we'll, we'll go to groups here after this, and you'll have a chance to talk more about the application in your life. But I just encourage you, make some room in your heart for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Let me pray. God, we talk a lot about love, but the reality is we fall so short of truly loving the way you call us to love. So I pray that right now there's somebody here who is not loving you. God, that you would just draw them gently back to yourself. Draw them to yourself for the first time. Help them to understand how much you love them. That you gave your son Jesus to die in their place. That he has risen from the dead and one day he will return. That we can be where he is always. For those of us, God, who are struggling to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, whichever piece of that we're struggling with, would you point that out within us right now? Would you just speak to us, Holy Spirit, and guide us closer to you? Make us more like your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray.